0: So if you have your Bible, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 3, and we will continue now on verse... We're going to look at verse 7. I'm pulling a lot today. 7 through 9. Amen. 7 through 9. Let's look at it together. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters. For I am aware of their sufferings. So what did I do? So I've come down to deliver them. Pay attention to that. So I have come down to what? To deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. And to bring them up. See that? Meant they were down, right? From the land, from that land, to a good and spacious land. To Riverbrook. Riverside and come on, somebody. And uh, uh, what's that place? Uh, take take him over there to uh, Palmetto Glen and all these big time estates. He's about to take them from the bottom and bring them to Beverly Hills. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, what, what, what? That land of a good and spacious land. And the land flowing with what? Uh-huh. Milk and honey to the, pl- to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Havite and the Jezebite. Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel have come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, same God back then. Same God right now. It's amazing because when you read the Bible, uh, you may get the impression that God has changed. While dispensations have changed. You say, what is a dispensation? A dispensation is a time period on the way that God rules while he's dealing with that particular society that's called a dispensation now i'm beginning the book of revelation the end time study on wednesday so you'll learn these terminologies and god rules differently when he he ruled differently with adam as with abraham as with noah and and the line goes on god may rule differently but god doesn't change do I have anybody? And and the reason I want to encourage you with this word today to let you know and how important it is for you to understand one thing and that is, who is God? Who is he? Amen. We know that God is capable. We know God is powerful. We know a little bit about God but the question is, Do we really know the God of the right now? Do we really know how he operates and how he gets involved in the intricate details of our lives? I don't know about you, but I've had questions about the God that I serve. Come on, somebody. I didn't question him, but I had questions. And the more you read your Bible, the more you come to understand That God is who he says he is. He's real. Come on, somebody. He's powerful. Amen. He can do anything that you can even think or imagine. God who stepped out of nothing and created time. The God, amen, that we see that is recruiting Moses... For a mission that seems impossible. Moses, as I've told you, he had been on the run. Here he is. He's still a fugitive. He's still on the other side of the mountain. But yet God saw something in him. You know what I love about God? God sees what we can't see. God knows what we don't know. And that's why it's so important to never judge a book by its cover. We've followed Moses' life so far. And he's had some ups. Oh, come on, somebody. Anybody had some ups and downs in life? But yet you're still standing? Listen, folk wrote you off. But yet you're still standing you're still moving along with your life there are things about Moses that doesn't make sense but when God decides to act it is because God is because God knows what he wants from you and I. Are you with me? and so whenever you get to a point where you are no longer self-sufficient, you are no longer living, Life on your own terms. Come on somebody. Sometimes God has to push us along to get to that place where we're no longer prideful. Where we're no longer so full of self that we feel like we don't need nobody. Can I help you with something? We all need somebody. And and, you know sometimes we use the God talk to get away from the reality of life. Oh God got me but you, you believe that God got you. Are you with me? So today God is about to reveal himself. I showed you last week in verse 6 that God revealed his ceremonial name, his national name to Moses. He says, I am, verse 6, the God of your father. I told you that Moses' father was a was a preacher. Amen. In other words, Moses is a preacher's kid. Are you following me? He was a Levite. And then he says, the God of who? Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. And then Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Whenever you come into the presence of God and you ain't living right, guess what? It's going to be hard to look the preacher in the eye, much less it's hard to look God in the face. Do I have anybody? Amen. You can't live in two worlds and still serve and praise God. It's difficult. Now you could pretend, but it's hard to do that. So Moses understood that man, I got to hide my faith. You talking about God. Then God now went to the to, went went on, and what did he do next? He begins to share with Moses now. Look what he said. The text says, watch this. The text says, the Lord said, "I have surely seen what the affliction of my people who are in egypt let me help you with this even though god's people had forgotten him god did not stop loving them lord have mercy aren't you glad for grace god still identified that these are what My people, I wish I had somebody, but the beauty of this is he says, the Lord said, I have surely seen now this word Raha, the first time this word Raha is mentioned in the scriptures in Genesis one, when he said, when God says, and when God saw the light, it was good. The same seeing he was seeing then is the same seeing that he's seeing now. Are you with me? So, for your information tonight, this morning, I want you to write this down. The same God, back then, is the same God, what? Right now. And number one, the first thing is, he's a God who sees our affliction. I'm going to say it one more time. The same God that saw the Egyptians' affliction. Let me tell you what affliction is. Affliction is distress. Affliction is misery. Affliction is poverty and depression and all the things that equate to having just a messed up life. Do I have anybody? And can I help somebody with something this morning? Can I help you with this this morning? Why wouldn't you run to God? Why wouldn't you run to a God who sees your affliction? Anybody here been going through something lately? Do I have anybody here been going through a few things? Can I help you with something? You got to call on that God. The God who what? Sees our what? Affliction. Watch this. God has good observation skills. Listen, listen. He's ever present at all times. There's nothing that escapes his notice. Every now and then you hear the preacher say he's omnipresent. Amen. He's omniscient. In other words, God knows everything and he sees everything. And he's omnipresent because he's present everywhere all at the same time. The psalmist said, where can I run from your presence? If you run from God, you'll run into God. I wish I had somebody. And so he says, he says, I seen the affliction of my people. Then he goes on to say, he says, and have given what? Heed to their cry because of their taskmasters. And so the second thing I can tell you about God is not only he's a God who sees our affliction, but the second thing, he's a God who hears our cry of injustice. He hears our cry of injustice. God not only sees, but he can hear. I wish I had somebody. That word, that same word is the word raha, but now you have the word shama. And the word shama means to hear. And that word has the idea of not just hearing, but hearing with understanding. It's the, the word that was used when he would say Hear, O Israel, hear the word of God. And I want to help somebody with something that I don't know how low you got to get before you cry. But the one thing you got to know is God knows about your taskmasters. He knows about those people who are mistreating you. He knows about the injustice that you go through in life. He knows about the people who are trying to get over on you. Listen, there's nothing that, listen, there's nothing that will escape God's notice if you know this, God. Are you with me? And the beauty of this thing is that the fact that I know this is this, I don't have to take matters into my own hands. If you you curse me out, I'm going to put you in the Lord's hands. If you talk crazy about me, guess what? I'm going to let you have it. Why? Because God hears our cry of injustice. Come here David. David says how long oh Lord? Habakkuk said how long oh God? And so the one thing you have to realize is that you and I we don't have to take matters into our own hands when we know the God who hears our cry of injustice. Some of you are struggling at work. They're talking about you or they're not promoting you or they're overlooking you or they've run your name through the mud, but thanks be to God that he hears your cry of injustice. I used to try to go take care of my own stuff. Come on somebody. I used to try to, to defend myself, but when you know the God of today, come on somebody, you don't have to worry about anything. Because can I help you with something? God will fight your battles. If you stand still. God will make a way out of no way. Do I have anybody? But thanks be to God that he hears my cry. Of injustice. He says. Look what the text says. Verse 7. He says I've seen. I've heeded. But then he says for I am what? See here's the thing. You can see something. You can heed something, but you can still not do anything about it. So not only is he the God who sees our affliction, the God who hears our cry for injustice, but the text says, for I'm aware of their suffering. That word suffering, that word aware means yada. And what I'm showing you from Shema, from yada, it's a form of worship. All these words has a connection somehow in scripture to worship. You know, when you Yadah God, you, you know what that means? That means that you are acknowledging him. I wish I had a few people up in here. Watch this. You are acknowledging not only who he is, but the attributes that he has. So I thank God that we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve an inanimate God. We don't serve a God who is not intimately acquainted with all the things we do. But I thank God that he knows exactly right this second what I'm dealing with. So so he's a God who knows about our suffering. You see, injustice is one thing. mm 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 but suffering is something different. And I want to help somebody with something. I don't know if you watch the news about the pastor that got killed. And that's injustice. And now the family is suffering. A church is suffering. A mother is suffering. A wife is suffering. You see, the decisions that we make in life affects everybody around us, but I thank God that because I know him, I can keep my mouth closed. I thank God that he's a God who yada's me and I am going to yada him. In other words, he knows all about me and I'm going to acknowledge what I know about him through my worship. Do I have anybody here this morning who knows him personally? Watch this, not just for what he can do, but because of who he is. I thank God that God is sharing with Moses. Moses, here's the deal. Here's your mission. But let me give you my rhyme and reason for why I'm stepping down To come and help my people. Do I have a witness? But before you go out Moses. I want you to know who I am. Now my names may have not meant anything to you. Because you didn't stay in Egypt long enough. To get acquainted with me. So now I got to tell you. By my attributes. What I'm capable of doing. Aren't you glad. That God is aware of your suffering. Anybody here suffering a little bit? Anybody here been through something? Can I help you with something? God knows about our suffering. And I thank him for that. Because I used to think I was all alone. And sometimes I still feel all alone. But I thank him that he keeps showing me day after day. Morning after morning. That his mercies are new day after day. Do I have anybody here this morning who can testify that I know God personally, intimately. I am involved with him. Do I have anybody? Verse 8, verse 8, verse 8. God says now, this is who I am. This is what I'm about to do. Now look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, So, (laughs) what have I done? Now, he says, I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. Pay attention to the text. Now, this is what you call An anthropomorphic look at God. God doesn't have feet to come down. You with me? He doesn't have body parts. So how can he see? How can he heed? How can he hear? You with me? God is spirit. Can I ask you a question? Who wouldn't serve a God like that? Who doesn't have a body but can hear who doesn't have eyes, but can see. Come on somebody. You see, he says, I've come down and see what I love about God coming down is that he's coming down to take a broken vessel. Come on somebody to take a broken man like Moses to take a broken person like you and I, And do something with us that can change. Watch this, history. Do I have anybody? Can I help you with something? Yes, you're good enough to be used by God. Yes, you're wise enough to be used by God. Yes, if you yield yourself to God, he can use you. Are you with me? God says, I'm coming down. Where is he coming down from? He's coming down from the third heaven. He's stepping out of eternity. He's positioning himself in time. And he's having a conversation with a man who he would use for his glory. Do I have anybody here want to be used by God? And I'm talking about not about your ability. If you are available, God will use you. Do I have anybody? But oftentimes we struggle with that, giving it all to God because we don't understand who he really is. So God says, I've stepped down. I've come down to deliver them and watch this. Now, when he says to deliver, it meant it was already done. Lord have mercy. It's watch this. It's the idea that it's done. We just got to live it out. Let, 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 Let me see if I can make it clear. Whatever God says he's going to do, you might as well count it as done. Here's what he said. I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Come on, somebody. It's already done. I've been young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. It's done. Yeah. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's already done. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's already done. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's already done. Come on and help me somebody. The God we serve, once he said it, it's already done. So your deliverance is already done. So, So the next thing is, he's a God who comes to deliver us. Listen, when you see the preacher show up or somebody show up to talk to you about God, that's God sending the deliverer. Ain't that something? Watch this. God knows who to use. God knows who to send. God knows your personality. God knows all about you. How he delivers, he delivers through the people that he chooses. That's why we can't be reluctantly serving him. Because do you not know that maybe somebody's deliverance is wrapped up in your obedience? Oh Lord Jesus, I just said something somebody's deliverance is depending on you being obedient to God at the task that he's calling you to do, but you still want to be part. I mean, you still want to be living just any kind of way. And God is saying, listen, I got something to do through you. And listen, what you think you are doing now is good, but listen, greater is on the other side of that because what you think you're going to give up now, you'll have more joy serving me. People think serving God is weak. I have fun serving God. If you think that not drinking and not smoking amounts to holiness, then you got the picture totally wrong. You know what the Bible says? Your body is a temple. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit which you have from God. And guess what? How you treat this is really Watch this, a sign of how holy you are. So you got to eat right. You got to exercise. You got to put the right things in. You got to, you know, you got to do, you got to take care of this. Got to dress right, look good. Come on, somebody. That's holiness. Holiness is not you just smoking, not smoking and drinking and clubbing and doing all this other stuff. But when you're holy and set apart, watch this, and you know who delivered you, come on, you're going to give him glory. Are you with me? Moses was about to be recruited by the greatest recruiter. God. Aren't you glad? That God sees your affliction. He sees your suffering. But watch this. Watch the text. The text says he knows what to do. The text says, not only am I going to deliver you. He says, and to bring Them. Are you seeing this? And to bring them up. Let me give you a a, a lesson in, in Bible history. Whenever you see Egypt mentioned in scripture, Egypt is illustrative of the world. Number two, whenever you see Egypt in scripture, it's always illustrated as going down. If you're living in Egypt right now, you're on the down low. I mean, you're down. You're going down. (laughs) You're on the down low too, but I'm just saying, because you can't cut, you just, I don't wrap that up, but look at this. He said, to bring you, to bring them up, tell you, I'm going up. How many want to go up? How many want to rise? Come on. How many are tired of living just on a little and you're ready to go up? How many of you are ready to leave Egypt? Are you with me? But here's the thing. Your feet is heading to Canaan, but your heart got to be heading in the same direction. The problem with the children of Israel, their, their feet was heading to Canaan, but their hearts were still in Egypt. Because when they got four clicks out of Egypt, they started to complain about food. I wish I had somebody. The last thing you need to complain about is food. When the Lord says, I'll give you your daily bread. You don't have to worry, Matthew 6, about what you're going to eat, where you're going to live, and what you're going to put on. Why? Because God is a God who will bring you out and bless you as you come out. Do I have anybody? That's the next point. It says to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, to the land flowing. Yeah, yeah. Listen, a God who brings us out to listen, can I say this to you? God didn't go through the trouble of sending his son to the cross for you to keep living janky yeah, yeah. and broke down. But you sometime itself. Listen. He brought you out to bless you. How many believe that? And I ain't just talking about material blessings. I'm talking about being so blessed that you got peace in the midst of everything you're going through. To bring them up out of this land. Watch this. A land like this was just a dream to them. I'm you dreaming but it ain't come true yet? How many of you dreaming right now? How many of you wishing right now? How many of you thinking about, man, I wish, I wish, I wish. Listen, you could be living the reality of it, but you and I sometimes struggle with our obedience to God. Ouch, amen, or thank you, whichever one works. He says, he says, he says, now, behold, watch this, the cry. Look what he says. The cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Now, this word cry. See, here's what I realize about us we pray sometimes, but that prayer is more just like a routine type of thing. We pray sometimes, and it's more serious but it ain't that serious because you're still in control. But then it's when your prayer turns into a petition and that petition turns into a reverence. Watch this. But it's coming from a place, watch this, where you can say, I ain't got no more control. In other words... It's a cry that turns into a prayer. You see, God heard. What's the next part? A God who what? Hears and what? See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can hear what you're saying. <laughs> how, many, how many got friends like that? You thought you thought they'll be with you. Come on somebody. And when tough times came and you tried to ask them for something, they heard you. But they couldn't do nothing for you. See, you want you don't want to serve a God who could just hear you. You you gotta serve a God who hears you and can do something about what you asked about. See, here's the thing. And he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. (laughs) I'm going to say it one more time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. See, when you ask, he'll do it. Because he's capable of doing it. Because he wants to do it. Because he doesn't feel obligated to do it. But because he loves you, he'll do it. Thank God that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Aren't you glad that that's the God we serve? How many of you have tried him? Come on, somebody. And I'm talking about you tried him. You've asked him and he's answered. You've asked him and he's answered. But you know what I found out? God may be trying to bring you out to bless you but you don't want that kind of blessings what I found out is that we got our own idea of blessing God may want to bless you with this to start with listen can I I fast forward the story check this out he painted the picture of Canaan land full of the book of honey but check out the names at the bottom he said you got to go through some stuff you got to go through the Canaanites the Hittites the Jezebites, the Negroites, and all of them. Before you get to the blessings, And when they first got to Canaan. They didn't really got blessed right away. They had to go through wars. They had to go through battles. They had to go through some stuff. And maybe you may be in the land of honey, milk and honey flowing, watch this, but you don't know, watch this, that it's going it's to come to pass eventually, but right now you're giving up before you even get up to fight. Are you with me? You're there. You're in the place of blessings, but it doesn't mean that God, God is not a genie and God is not just going to hand you stuff. He's not a handout kind of God. He holds you accountable with the blessings that he gives you. Tell your neighbor, he holds you accountable with the blessings that he gives you. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. When they got into Canaan, it wasn't easy. It was hard. He said, listen, man, this flood is a place there. Hittite, Amorite, all these Jezebites and all the Jezebels and all these other people up in there. You're going to struggle. And every point they went, they had a fight. Every point they went, they had a fight. You didn't think God knew that, that Moses was going to forfeit his blessings to even go into Canaan? Because of his lack of obedience? But yet he still calls him. Quit looking at yourself and look at the God who calls you. Quit saying you're not good enough. Next week I'll deal with that. Quit saying you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough. Listen, you are all that because God has chosen you. Come on, y'all. Stop looking at your ability and look at the God who called you. Watch the text. text is there. It's right there. Furthermore, I'm done. Hmm. I have seen the oppression. You see, not only does God see your injustice, not only does God see your suffering, come on somebody, but God sees your oppression. He knows the people who have mistreated you. Don't you know that? Your battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. He says, furthermore, I've seen the oppressions with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. But I thank God that he's a God who cares. He's a God who loves you. He's a God that will never leave you. Aren't you glad today that we serve the same God back then is the same God right now And I give him all the praise today that no matter how hard it gets, sometimes this journey can cause you to want to give up. But thanks be to God that he can answer my prayers. He knows my affliction, he knows my suffering, he knows where he wants to bring me. Thank God that no matter what, he'll make a way. Out of no way. Do you know him this morning? Have you tried him this morning? Is he alright? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Yes. Yes to your will Lord. Yes to your way Lord. Yes I'll obey God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There, there's, a, there's a hotel in the Bahamas. It, it's, it's named after the lost city, Atlantis. Uh, it's a monstrosity of a hotel. Uh, there's a water park in the middle of the hotel. And in the middle of the water park, there's a sl- slide... That's built like a huge Egyptian pyramid. Look it up online. Uh, lines are out the door. Of people trying to get on this slide. Not only is it a thrill. But as you slide through the aquarium. It holds some of the world's most dangerous fish. Sharks and all kinds of. I mean you name it of the dangerous fish that's in there is there. The aquarium is contained though by a thick glass that acts as a barrier between the hotel guest and that which can eat them alive. The slide is a scary drop. Uh, though the tank is scary at first, there's what's called a protective cover to keep the fish Away from the visitors. Sometimes life is a scary slide. Sometimes there seems to be trouble all around. But God protects those who fears him. And delivers them out of all their troubles. Sometimes he keeps us from the trouble. And sometimes he just lets you slide through it. Do I have a witness here? Sometimes he puts the barrier around you. Sometimes you got to go through. Sometimes you don't understand. But thanks be to God that he's got his protective hands all around you. Give God a hand clap of praise. Yes hallelujah thank you COVID-19 couldn't get you cancer couldn't get you diabetes couldn't get you but God protected you thank God for his protection thank God that he's the same God back then it's the same God right now give him a hand clap of praise y'all There's a whole lot of meat in those two verses. (laughs) And I tried, I said I could have preached two, two times on that, but I wanted to, I need to move. I want to move on to, I want to show you how, I want to show you next week. How God can call a person, how a person can give them so many excuses. God is setting the stage. Listen, some of you, you've gotten divine revelation, burning bush. You know there's a God. I ain't got to convince you of that. Yeah. Then God reveals what he is. Who he is. Yeah. And then he shows you what he can do. Yeah. But yet, we got a bunch of excuses. Why? Why would we do a God that we know like that? And so if you're here today and you need prayer. You know one word that keeps coming up in my, my devotion? This year, I always look at when my devotion time, what scriptures keep repeating themselves. And the word, there's always one word. Uh, Last year for me was forgive. This year is believe. And I have a sneaky suspicion in my sanctified imagination that there's some of you here today who are yet struggling with your belief. And so if you're here today, you need prayer about believing this God. Would you come this morning? I want to pray for you.